This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome into a new episode of the Storm Center Podcast. I am your host, Drew Everhart. Last week, there was a blizzard, so a lot of stuff has been getting postponed, rearranged, moved around, but we're just going to be talking about basketball today. No hockey talk today, unfortunately. Jacob Nelson was unable to make it. So it's just going to be Ben Wenger not going to be talking about basketball. And then we're going to have a special interview with Bryce Williams. But first, we got to go through the weekly rundown, and then we'll get on all into that. Hit it. Here in the Storm Center. Women's wrestling traveled to Davenport and faced off against them and Tiffin on Thursday. They then traveled to Albion on Sunday. They'll be at Adrian on Tuesday. Women's ice hockey traveled to St. Norbert for the weekend and lost 5-4 on Friday and lost 3-2 on Saturday. They will host Lake Forest on Friday and Saturday and then host Finlandia on Monday. And congratulations to Brandy Wilson on being named NCHA Player of the Week last week and for breaking the program record for most goals and points in a single season. Congrats to Brandy. Women's track and field placed third in the Windy City Rumble on Saturday. They will be in the Big Meat Friday event on Friday, and then they will be at the University of Indianapolis team in the Invitational on Saturday. Women's basketball traveled to Alma on Saturday, and then and they beat the Scots 83-56. They then, tra- they then hosted Albion on Monday and won 57-48. They will be at Kalamazoo on Wednesday and then host Calvin on Saturday as they are the first game in a men's and women's doubleheader. Acrobatics and tumbling will travel to Concordia, Wisconsin on Saturday. Synchronized skating will be at the Tri-State Synchronized Skating Competition on Saturday. Men's basketball traveled to Albion on Tuesday and beat the Britons 71-63. They then traveled to Alma on Saturday and won 62-56. They will host Hope on Wednesday and then host Calvin on Saturday as they are the second game of that doubleheader mentioned before. Men's ice hockey hosted Lake Forest and lost 3-1 on Friday and then won 3-1 for senior night on Saturday. And thank you to seniors Hunter Payment, Jared Doman, Brandon Crumschmid, and Garrett Halford for all you've accomplished in your time at Trine. They're going to be at Lawrence for Friday and Saturday. Men's track and field plays first in the Windy City Rumble on Saturday. They will be in the Big Meet Friday event on Friday. They will then be at the University of Indianapolis Team Invitational on Saturday. And I forgot to mention for the women's track and field that Evie Boltemeyer won MIAA Athlete of the Week. So congrats to Evie. ACHA D3 men's hockey traveled to Indiana University on Saturday. Men's volleyball beat Concordia Chicago 3-2 on Saturday. They will travel to St. Louis as they will take part in the Fontbonne Invite. Uh, they will play Augustana on Saturday and then play Loris and Concordia Chicago on Sunday. And congrats to Landon Barrow on being named NCVL Defensive Player of the Week. Men's wrestling hosted the MIAA Duels on Sunday and lost to Adrian 38 to 6, beat Albion 24 to 23 and lost to Olivet 23 to 15. They finished third in the MIAA this season. And finally, ACHA D2 men's hockey will host Davenport on Friday and then they will travel there on Saturday. 
All right. Let's talk some basketball. Got Ben Wangard in here. Uh, we're going to start with the men. Uh, they played February 1st. They moved the game up one day because of the blizzard that came in. Yeah. Honestly, a good idea. Yeah. Because we, we missed two days of classes. Missed two days of classes and the women's game, which didn't get moved up because it was at – or that was it was home. It was going to be a back-to-back games. Yeah, it didn't get moved up, and then that game got postponed until last night. So, you know, good call of them. Glad, glad the guys got to go play because – I don't know. I just feel like that snowstorm kind of threw everyone off. It yeah. kind of threw off like the whole schedule of everybody. So, yeah, I didn't know wild. what to do. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna sit in my room. I sit guess. in my room and play some Xbox, you know, on that grind. Yeah, but they traveled to Albion, a place that is always tough, no matter what sport it is. Albion's just always one that you're kind of like, huh, this is gonna be a really good one. Coming out with the win, seventy-one sixty-three. Just some highlights. Uh, Nick Bowman had 21, Mitchell Geller had 17, Bryce Williams with 11, and Aiden Wardzak had 10. And Cortez Garland being second in scoring for Albion. He had four the last time they played. He had 13 this time. And then Ken Thomas coming off the bench with 14. No one really sticking out. MJ Barnes almost had double digits, but just a really it seems like a really good defensive effort. You know, Cortez Garland, I mean, he's one of the better players in the conference. And uh, he's, he's pretty good. Did a, I mean, they did a good job last time, the first time they played Albion, of limiting him. Obviously, like, a player of his caliber is going to get his points. You can't do, like, there's only so much you can do to contain him. But I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, he had zero assists, which means, you know, even though he was get, like he was scoring, he wasn't able to distribute the ball, right. which is huge. I mean, Albion only had eight assists on the entire game, which is not... Not a great number. <laughs> not ideal. Obviously, this isn't like the NBA where you might see like 20 assists in a game, but still not not the best. Um, Connor Jones over here, though, he had a rather, I guess I'll call it a boring stat line. What, what, what's interesting is he didn't, he didn't play. He was in the starting lineup, which is always nice to see. I love seeing Connor in the starting lineup. Yep. But he only played 11 minutes. I mean, that's like, in terms of quantity of minutes, that's like a bench player. And then Hayden Jones played almost 30 minutes coming off the bench. So Right, but with Connor, though, 11 minutes, had four fouls. Yeah, so that I, is true. That is he true. He may have had the assignment of MJ Barnes or Cortez Garland mm-hmm. because we've seen Connor. He can guard yeah. really good guys. But And just seeing that the refs weren't going Connor's way. Yeah, I mean, everyone had – Mitchell Geller had four fouls. Nick Bowman had four fouls. Bryce Williams had three. Aiden had two. Like you said, Connor had four. I think everyone that played had picked up a foul. Yeah. No, uh, no one, one had at least two fouls. Yeah, so well, if we look here for Albion, sort of the same case, not as uh, they had, uh, let's see, Jonathan Armstead-Wilkerson had four. Justin Maccabee had five fouls. He had, he had fouled out. Um, Cortez Garland only had one. But, uh, you know, they got the job done. And uh, that three-point percentage is looking a little bit better. Still not where you'd like to see it at, but 31% is an improvement from how it's been over the past week or two. A little bit, yeah. For what they've been doing, mm-hmm. I will take 31%. There's Because there's just some numbers where you're like, I don't even know if that's necessarily on them. It's just the ball's not going in. Yeah, I mean, part of it's like uh, guys who just, I mean, Bryce Williams was hot coming yeah. into this game. So he took he took nine three-pointers. Can't really knock that. That's not like, sure, three for nine isn't like the greatest thing ever. But when you're hot like that, you got to let him shoot, you know. So yeah. I like that. Three for nine for Bryce. Cashed in. 
He had 11 points on the game, so I like it. We get to talk to Bryce tonight. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. That's going to be a really good interview. Hopefully, you will be staying tuned in for the rest of the episode. I don't know why you wouldn't click off when an interview is coming yeah, come on. on get to hear more of us and get to hear from Bryce. So that'll be that'll be a fun one. But, yeah, I mean, how about these the minutes, though? These three that the, uh, the three guards – uh, Bowman, Williams, and Wozdeka all playing 30-plus minutes. Hayden Jones almost cracked 30 minutes, too. I mean, that is a lot of playing time. Um, and we're used to seeing that from Bowman. You know, Bowman's usually up there, and so is Wozdeka. Yeah. It's just surprising to see that the minutes were not as spread out into, in, the, in the game against Albion. Mitchell Geller had 29. Um, Connor Jones definitely would have had close to 30 as well, were it not for the foul trouble that he was right. in. Obviously, because Hayden Jones picked up those minutes, but yeah, but it's just one thing that we've seen with this team, and it's it's hurt them sometimes. Sometimes it's helped them where they don't have the greatest depth in the nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fair to say that, but it just seems that like it's almost a little timid to go to the bench at some points. And everyone is solid on this team, and like even Brent Cox, he only had three minutes in this game. Brent Cox is an all-MIAA mm. player. Mm. And it just seems that at this point, they're kind of just want to rolling with it. Hey, these guys are doing good. Let's roll with them. But at some point, especially when it comes to tournament time, you're going to need to get into your bench mm. a little bit more. I mean, it did work out for him here against Albion. Like, four of the five starters were double-digit yeah. point scorers. Nick Bowman had 21. Geller had 17. So it worked this time around. I think maybe it might have been a little bit to do with, like, how we played Albion the first time around. Um, and obviously I think Coach Coach Miller must have seen something that he liked with this group of guys on the floor. Right. And obviously it worked, winning by almost 10. So, But, uh, you know, you don't want your guys playing that many minutes every single night because that will just wear down. I mean, that not only just, like, make you tired, but, like, your legs and, your like, your back and stuff, that has – Got to be hurting. I'm sure they all took ice baths after that. Maybe Coach knew. He's like, hey, there's a blizzard coming in. No one's going to be leaving their dorm for two days. We're going to get a lot of rest. You know, that is is a good point. I mean, because they were out of action then for almost a week, right, until when when was was the next game? I guess it was that That Saturday Saturday. against Alma. But they had a little bit of a rest. Usually it's like a two, three-day rest. They had four days of rest then. So, And, you know. Alma was another good result. I'm not sure how the minutes were spread out for that one. I think it might be a little bit similar. They're uh, pretty spread out, actually. I'm looking at the wrong one. Oh, yeah, mind. here we go. Mm-hmm. Minutes, so. They're a little more spread out for on, in this game. Uh, McNongle had 22. Hayden Jones had 27. Mitchell Geller is below 20. Connor Jones back up with 17. Nick Bowman, 35. Good Lord. Or Zeka right behind him with 34. One of these times, Nick Bowman is going to play the entire 40 minutes of a game. It's going to happen. I would not be surprised because I would be shocked to, like, if it's, like, 38, I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah, but, like. Because I swear he takes, like, 10-second breaks. Yeah, I know. He, like, he subs out, and we're like, oh, here comes, you know, Bowman subbing out, and then literally at the next dead ball, he's back in the game. Yeah. He, like, he comes out to get, like, two sips of water, and the coach is like, all right. Get back in there. Don't waterlog yourself, you know. <laughs> the Aiden uh, Warzeka had 10 points. Yep. Bryce Williams had 14. So these three guards have been playing really well together. Um, 
I like Bryce Williams in the in the starting lineup. I know at the beginning of the season he was kind of coming, he was coming off the bench a little bit, yeah. starting lineup a little bit, but I like him as a starter, especially because he brings that three point shot that we've been missing for this whole season. I mean, we have guys that can shoot the three. We know Nick Bowman can. We know Aiden can. We know even Hayden Brent Jones Cox. Can. Brent Cox can. can shoot. Hayden Jones can. But for whatever reason, those shots haven't been falling. But Bryce Williams has been pretty consistent, uh, especially this past few weeks to a month, has been very consistent from behind the three-point line. So I like him in the starting lineup. He brings uh, he brings range to the to the starters, especially because you have defenses that are to collapse on Nick Bowen because mm-hmm. he's always taken to the rack. So. Yeah. I think he uh, it helps give the uh, offense a little bit more um, like depth and more variety. So I do like it. And the other thing with Bryce being in there instead of Hayden, I mean, we love Hayden. Hayden's a yes. great player and all love that. Love Hayden Jones. When it comes down to defensive possessions, and Hayden does great on defense, okay? But when you have three guys that have been playing together for four years, you're going to put them in rather than having two guys that have played together and then the freshman who – can do about the same, but there's just some things that a freshman doesn't realize mm-hmm. when you're when you're in the college level. It's totally different. You got to catch up to it. Hayden's there with defense, but it's almost like with Nick, Bryce, and Aiden, it's almost like they have a combined brain together. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, <clears throat> Nick, Bryce, and Aiden, they're all seniors. Uh, they've been playing together for the last four years, won a conference championship together. Obviously, Hayden's a great player, and he will be a lot of fun to watch for the next few years. But Absolutely. right now, this is kind of their show. You know, as the the three seniors in the backcourt who have been great all season, um, it's just that experience that Bryce Williams brings. Um, and, you know, experience is just something that will have to come with time for Hayden Jones. I'm sure Hayden Jones will probably be a starter next season. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a great player. I mean, he's been starting a little bit this year, mm-hmm. like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. there was some games where – I swear they didn't have a consistent starting lineup until conference came around. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I like it. I think Brooks Miller was just trying to find like the best fit, the best five guys, like who he wants on the on the court with who. So I like it. it was a little bit of feel like out process. But what I'm curious about for next season is who's going to be starting in the backcourt with Hayden Jones because oh, you have you have some options. You could you could go with Grant Paul or you could go with Connor Jones. Connor Jones is more of like a like a three. Like a, like a wing player. I would so. say Paul is also in that situation mm-hmm. as well. Connor can handle the ball really well. He's yeah. like point guard at some points. But I would put in Connor and Grant Paul. He's going to be fighting with Brent probably for some minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how both teams react to this, men's and women's, because each of them have so many seniors that are Yeah. And, you know, with this team, it's not like – I mean, obviously, all the guys on the men's basketball team are very solid players. Um, I mean, we've seen it from them, like during games when like the uh, the underclassmen get in, the guys who don't get to play very much when they when they tap in. I mean, they play great. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do next year um, with the starting lineup. And yeah, the same with the women's. I mean, I think is the entire women's starting lineup seniors. Or no, there's one. No, because Artist starts. She's a junior. That's true. Artist is a junior, but KT, you got... uh, Tara. Tara. I think Kayla Kayla Wildman. Yeah, she's a senior. So it'll be uh, be interesting uh, to to say the least. Alyssa's a junior, but... Is Kaylee a... Kaylee's an underclassman, isn't she? Kaylee Argyle is a senior. Okay, and then... Okay, Alyssa. I I always get those two mixed up. I can never remember which one's the older one and which one's the younger one, so... Same thing with the uh, 
with the uh, Sloniker's, I'd be mixing them up all the time. I don't well, know. that one, you're okay with that because, I mean, yeah. they're literally identical twins. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, it's difficult. It's a good thing they got, you know, they didn't choose, like, similar numbers because then it would be, <laughs> like, like, what if, what if, like, one wore number two and then the other one wore 22? I would just be like, you know what, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. They're just both Sloniker. Can't even call them by their first name. Yeah, man, one thing about the uh, Alma game in which Trine, I don't think we stated it, Trine won 62-56. Cole Cliver's a menace to He is a menace. (laughs) He is a menace. Because he just, I mean, he went four for ten this game, but, I mean, I was watching it a little bit. I was going back and forth between other games. I swear, you could have told me he was like 100%. I would have believed you. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what he did against us last time when when they came here. Dude was just hitting everything like mm-hmm. the most like ridiculous like Kobe Bryant turn around fadeaways from the from the from the baseline like shots that you only see in like two K he was just getting right. go I just I don't even I don't know I guess he's been doing that since, since high school though because I talked to uh, uh, one of my buddies played against Cole Cliver in high school and he said that he's always kind of been like just able to make shots fall that have no business going in and he's able to do it and with Cliver like. When he hits the shots, he hits them at the right time. Mm. It's always the ones that are just soul-crushing or the yeah. ones that he hits. I mean, I felt like every time when they were uh, – when I was on the broadcast, I think we did that game together, didn't we, the Alma game? Uh, I was off that game. Oh, so it must have been, uh, must been with, Andy and I. I think you were with Cruz. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was with, I was with Michael Cruz. That's who it was. Um, it felt like every time, like, we came down, maybe we hit a three, we get a big bucket to cut the lead – and then they bring the ball down the court, and everyone's looking like, "Where's find twenty three? Find Cliver?" And somehow he would manage to get just the tiniest bit of space. And every single time, it just felt like a dagger. Like he just found a way to make the big shots. I mean, I mean that's huge, especially for a player of his caliber. I mean, he's definitely one of the best players in the conference. Yeah. So, I mean, it was good to see that we were able to contain the rest of the team. Uh, I felt like the first time we played Alma, we kind of allowed ourselves to get. I don't want to say distracted, but I feel like we focused on like their like top players a little bit mm-hmm. too much, and then like the the guys who aren't putting up as many points on average were able to shine. Uh, Landon Moore Pierce came off the bench; he had twelve points. I thought he played really well against us the first time. Uh, played us really well again the second time. He can shoot the ball for sure. But yeah, and with that, just that game that was here that we lost. It was like I don't want to. I don't know anything that was going on with the team or what was going on, but mm. at some point, a lot of people, you would probably think, man, they probably overlooked that game. Yeah. And I don't want to mm. say that because, I mean, it's college basketball. You never really mm. overlook games. But I gar- I know that people will be thinking that. Mm. And I know, at least from, uh, from my perspective, you know, when I found out that I was doing the game, uh, you know, no disrespect, Alma, but – when I found out I was in the game, I was like, oh, like, this is going to be like, I was thinking it was going to be like a case like uh, last year's uh, conference tournament game between the women and Olivet, where it was like after yeah. like the first half, we're not even talking about the game anymore because we're up by so much. We're going to be talking about, I don't know, the Super Bowl or something. But, yeah. you know, I mean, they surprised me. I played a great game and it was kind of clear. At first, I thought that we were just off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. Um and then as the first half went on, I was like, maybe it's not so much a slow start. We're just playing poorly. And uh, I think that was one thing that they fixed going into the second game was it not having that slow start because that's really what came back to bite them in the end uh, back in January when we, when we played them the first time. So Yeah, it's just sometimes you 
sometimes you're able to get out of a hole that you dig, but sometimes the hole is just too deep. And mm-hmm. if they had in that first game, if they had like two more minutes, they're probably pulling it out with a win. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't even know if two more minutes. Maybe if you just had one more minute, they only lost by two points. Right, it's just you against the clock mm-hmm. at that point. But yeah, like uh, I think we talked about it last episode about how it was just like. They spent all of their energy, spent all of their bullets just trying to get back into the game that when it came down to crunch time and it was time to yeah. win the game, it was just kind of like they ran out of steam. Um, but, I mean, that's that's what makes comebacks so special is, like, when you come back from down big, like, you put everything into that. And, right. I mean, they almost had it the first time, but they got their revenge here the second time. So uh, a great, great win for the team, for sure, to stay in the running for a conference title. Right, because I think at this point, Oh, by the way, last week we were saying that it was going to be eight teams, and I said, no, it's going to be different this year. The MIAA announced, announced like right after we released yeah. the episode that it was going to be an eight-team format again they, for the tournament. They listened to the podcast, and they're like, all right, Drew, guess yeah. what? <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, so going to be back to an eight-team format. I think at this point, if we were to end it now, Trine would host the – a first game, mm-hmm. and then depends on what we're going, depending on seeding, mm-hmm. who wins what. So, well, right now we're ranked, uh, Trent is ranked third uh, right. overall in the conference. So, so, we would host a first game and possibly a second. But then after that, we'd be on the road at Calvin or at Hope, mm-hmm. which, I mean, Hope is a tough place to play. That that arena is like, I mean, it feels like a sanctuary in there. Yeah. I don't even know. I, I've been in there once, and it was just like, man. It's not, like, overly big, but it just feels gigantic Yeah, in there. like, looking at broadcasts, you're like, I'm mm. like, okay. Yeah. So but, um, they got Hope Wednesday. You and I will be on the call for that. That is a huge game. And the last time that they played did not go in Trine's favor at all. And mm. it kind of stings a little bit more because Hope was shorthanded that, at that point. Yeah. But... I mean, with this team, you know how much that they retool their game plans mm. around teams. And, you know, one of the biggest parts about this Hope game is it's Hope. I can't think of another school that Trine University hates more other than Adrian. It's Hope. It's Hope and Adrian. Yeah. Everyone at Trine, no matter what team you play for, could be men's, could be women's, uh, could be hockey. Could Well, I guess Hope doesn't have hockey. It could be football basketball, track and field, we all hate Hope and we all hate Adrian. And so, I mean, this is a big game. You never want to lose to a rival like that. No. Um, and looking back at the game when we played them the first time, this was all the way back in January. Oh, this was actually the first day of classes that this game was played yeah. uh, for the second semester of the year. Connor Jones had four minutes. Grant Paul had five minutes. Riley Cox had eight minutes, and they all scored zero points off the bench. Um, I think that might be the biggest focus for the Thunder going in this game on Wednesday, you have to have more points off your bench, yeah. especially with a that's, team. That's like been a Hope. problem most of the year, mm-hmm. which, and part of that is you see, oh, they don't get that many minutes in, but a lot of time it's just, you need more production from them. And we've been seeing it like Magnago. He had 11 in the last mm-hmm. game, finally getting him going, which I mean, when he gets going, if it, and if it's tournament time, he's Manny <laughs> Magnago is the most clutch player in the MIAA. <laughs> He went off last season. I mean, that was crazy, and I'm I'm excited to see it this season. But I mean, I mean, one of the well, there's a glaring issue that I'm looking at right here on the stat sheet, Drew. What's that? Uh, and that would be the three point shooting percentage for our game against Hope. So we went one for twelve 
for an 8.3% from the field, and that one three-pointer came from who else but Bryce Williams. Yeah. Um, another thing that's kind of sticking out to me here is for this game, Hayden Jones was in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And again, nothing against Hayden. Obviously, he'll be a starter next year. Um, but I think I like Hayden coming off the bench this year. And obviously, that's not my call to make. I'm not the coach. Right. But I like Hayden coming off the bench because, like you said, he can shoot the ball. And if we have Bryce in the Bryce in the starting lineup, he starts lighting it up. Not only will Bryce catch fire, but I know this team feeds off each other. Mm-hmm. And so if Hayden Jones sees you know Bryce making all these shots, he's going to be more confident to pull it. And I like that coming off the bench. And personally, I like CJ in the starting lineup just because he reminds me. Him and Rachel Stewart, I think, are very similar in their play styles. Very, like, scrappy players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that in the starting lineup, especially because... I mean, Nick Bowman is always going to be pressuring the ball carrier, and Nick will get, like, his fair share of turnovers. I mean, he has, like, a fast-break dunk every game. Yeah, except for the one against Olivet. Yeah, except for the Olivet game. We're still holding out against you, Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I know you're a friend of the pod, but come on, man. But when Nick's playing like that, that opens up chances for uh, CJ and Aiden to get there, uh, get down into the – and make plays on defense – and Connor is a very aggressive defender. I, I really like it. His off-ball defense is underrated as well, too. I mean, yeah. he's able to just completely shut down a player. So hopefully he'll be in the starting lineup. Uh, I like Mitchell Geller in the starting lineup, too. I like him coming off the bench. We, I just like Mitchell Geller, honestly. If, you're, if you've been listening to Storm Center for a long time, you know that we love Mitchell Geller. John Kay and I would <laughs> rave about him all the time just because he's just such a glue guy. But for a glue guy, he scores like 10 points a game. Yeah, that's against Hope. He had 10 points. Uh, 10 points, four rebounds, and uh, four personal fouls. But, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right, man. You're hacking whatever. out there. Make him scared to go up to the rim. You're I like in the post. It. Make him earn it. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they – I mean, I have almost no doubt in my mind that the starting lineup will not be the same as the first time we played Hope. No. I – yeah, Bryce is gonna be in there. Mm-hmm. I think I think Connor might crack the starting lineup Connor because might. he's been starting the last few games. Um, I'm sure. I mean, obviously, we'll see Hayden Jones. Like, there's no question about it. We yeah. will see him at some point during the game. Uh, but whether or not he comes off the bench or not remains to be seen. But I know Brooks Miller has definitely had these guys like cracking down, watching film. I don't know if they have the massive Bibles that Coach Rob Hoffman makes that are, <laughs> he calls scouting reports. But I know that these guys are doing their homework right now. And obviously you want to beat Hope because you're going into a two-game stretch here that could make or break your season here. If you beat Hope and Calvin and then you're able to win out against Kalamazoo and Adrian, we might be talking about another regular season conference championship. Right. Um, and possibly, I mean, then you get to host every tournament game yeah. that you play in. From what I've heard, a lot needs to fall in place for the men to win mm. the conference championship for a regular season. But it's conference basketball. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? We can go take a look here at, uh, at Hope's remaining schedule. Because, so, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, the next two games are for the Thunder. Uh, they have Hope on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then Tune on in. the 12th, they play Calvin. So that is number one and number two in the conference. Um, Calvin is a part of a doubleheader on Saturday. Men's and women's will both play Calvin on Saturday, so 
tune in for that. You'll get to hear Drew for for back to back games. That'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Andy and I, because Ben is going to be selfish and being a track. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I got to go be in a track <laughs> meet or whatever. But so I uh, hope uh, plays Calvin at the very the second their second to last game of the season is against Calvin. So, I mean, if Trine wants any shot at a title, they have to win out these last four games. And unfortunately, the first two games of this four-game stretch are going to be the toughest, the toughest by far. Um, but it'll be exciting to see. I mean, obviously, this Thunder team has the potential to do it. I mean, we've seen it. We saw it last year. You don't just go 17-0 and reach number two in the country for nothing. Like, right. that doesn't just happen. So I'm definitely excited. And from what we've heard on Saturday, MTI Center is going to be bumping. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case... Calvin better watch out because we went into Calvin and only lost by one. Mm, and, I mean, Calvin is a great team, but I think Hope is the only team right now that I could say is, I'm not going to say a better basketball team, but in the current state that they're in is playing better than we are. It's going to be like an uphill battle. Mm, but I think with Calvin, I think we're evenly matched with Calvin, if not a better team just mm-hmm. overall than Calvin. Obviously, Calvin's been playing a little bit better this season. They're number two in the conference, but that's only by one game. Had we beaten Calvin, we would be number two in the conference at eight and two, and they would be third in the conference at seven and three. So, right. uh, I mean, that would be that would be a great game. Two of the most important games this season uh, to this point. So, I mean, this is low key my favorite part of basketball season is when like oh down to the when wire. you get when you get down to those like must win basketball games. I mean, you know, hope is going to come into Angola and give trying their absolute best shot. And I think Brooks Miller will have these guys ready. So yeah. I'm definitely excited for that game on Wednesday. And they are only available on Trine Broadcasting Network. Mm-hmm. Only available on Trine Broadcasting Network with yours truly and Mr. Drew Everhart. Yes, sir. Going to be a good one. Both games are going to be really mm-hmm. good. We're going to be on the call for Wednesday. Me and Andy are going to be on for both games Saturday. And, yeah, going to be a really good one. We're going to talk to Bryce about – those upcoming games in that interview. But let's move on to the women's side where... Man, I love talking women's basketball, man. I mean, they make it easy because they're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Still think they should be number one in the country, I guess. Yeah. Because the other team is 16-0 or 17-0 or whatever. I guess they can be number one. But honestly, I don't see how we're not number one. We were number four going to the Hope game. Mm-hmm. We beat Hope, who was on a 61-game win streak, and we're number... Two in the country. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm not on the uh, on that's, the uh, on the voters panel, but at some you know. point, you would think the politics would play into it. Like, hey, I mean, they stopped a giant winning streak. This has been mm. the number one team in the country for three years running. But it's like, no. I mean, as we heard in the football committee all the time, nope, we're got, we're going with the better team. Mm. And, but people are like, come on, I don't want to see Cincinnati. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just don't. Yeah, it's kind of like. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if the girls on our team take it as some disrespect. Uh, personally, being a fan of the team, I take it as some disrespect. I don't know what a Christopher Newport is, but apparently he's number one in the country. Um, let's see. Let's. See. I've never heard of Christopher. I mean, I, there's a lot of D three schools I haven't heard of. I try and stay up to date and like try and keep track of like get to know the teams and stuff. Dude, there's so many. It's difficult, man. It's not like, I mean, even Division One basketball, I cannot name every single team. Like it's crazy. But I can come close on D one, but 
that's See, I, I could definitely get like most of like the Power Five schools, but then once you get into like the little like mid major, yeah, like Valparaiso, yeah, like once you get into those schools, then it becomes a little bit difficult. Shout out Valpo. <laughs> Let's see, who are some of these teams that Christopher Newport has played? The Christopher Newport Captains are what's their conference called? They're in a conference with Mary Washington, Mount Mary, UC Santa Cruz, uh, University of. Oh wait, hold on. This schedule is really weird. I don't. I don't know how to read. Okay, here we go. Okay, I got it. So it's Christopher Newport, UC Santa Cruz, Salisbury, Finlandia, Mount Mary, Mary Washington, and Pratt. That is like a really weird conference, right? Because UC Santa Cruz, that's in California. Finlandia is in the north of the north in Michigan. Yeah, I've never even heard of Mount Mary or Mary Washington or Pratt for that matter. But anyways, see this is what I'm saying. They're frauds. Complete fraud. Shouldn't be number one. I'm just kidding. I'm sure they're a great basketball team. But here we go. So right now the the uh <laughs> right now the uh the top three for women's basketball uh as of February sixth, Christopher Newport receiving eighteen votes for first place at nineteen and oh. Trine received four first place votes. They're seven and seventeen and two. And then Hope got back climbed their way back up into the top three. They're number three with two votes. For first place at eighteen and one, and then Transylvania and uh, the Count are seventeen and zero. I don't know, man. This is I'm just I've been so fixated on this. I'm just I'm not about to go on a rant. I've kind of already been ranting for a little bit here, <laughs> but I mean, how can you not put us at number one? That would be like like Notre Dame, right? If Notre Dame beat UConn in the regular season, how could you not put them at number one? Right. I mean, hope is. UConn. <laughs> yeah. For Division Three, I mean, let's just... At, right now, they are like the UConn of Division Three women's Which basketball. Which is weird because they have Tennessee, like, colors. And we have more UConn colors. Yeah, you would think... I mean, I mean we're pretty good, but... Yeah. Well, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know, man. The MIAA is an exciting conference right now. Um, I'm looking at some of these other schools in the top 25... Uh, Wisconsin Euclair, who is our only other loss other than Hope, is still in the top 25. They're at 18th, 17-5 on the season. So, I mean, regardless of, I mean, yes, we have two losses. Both of those losses came from teams that are in the top 25. So, right. I mean, we were talk- Drew and I were talking about this before we got on the podcast. Uh, we are firm believers, and I don't think you could even argue this, that trying women's basketball is a lock for the national tournament yeah. come March. Even um, if, I'm not saying that we're not, but even if we don't win the conference tournament, we have to be an at-large bid. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's no way. Because even if we don't make, or even if we don't win the conference tournament, we're still going to be ranked in the top 25. Yeah. Well, uh, Without a question. We might drop down to like 7 or 8, but we'll still be ranked in the top 25, That'd probably the top 10. <laughs> we did. That would be so brutal. I feel like the only way we could drop that far is if we lost to like all of it. And like no offense, Olivet, but you guys are like one in twelve on the season. I'm, we're not losing all that. <laughs> I remember what happened last year. That was my first broadcast here at Trine was first round, uh, first round of the conference tournament. Trine versus Olivet. Trine won by I think like three hundred points or something like that. It was yeah. wild. Sophia Craig broke the MIAA tournament record mm-hmm. for threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that was wild. But yeah. all right, but let's let's see anyway. this. Yeah. Anyways, back to the actual point of this segment. <laughs> so, Trine went to Alma. They had to cancel, not cancel, postpone 
the game mm-hmm. against Albion is scheduled for Wednesday. We already said there's a, there's a blizzard. So they traveled to Alma on Saturday. They were in a doubleheader with the men. They win 83-56 and very balanced scoring. I mean, what else with this team? Sydney Wagner came off the bench of 11. Underhill also had 11 off the bench. KT had 10, and Mikhail Artis had 10. And overall, you want to see that three-point percentage get up a little bit. I mean, they're at 23%. But, I mean, when you're winning by 30 mm. points, it doesn't really matter. I feel like the three-point percentage isn't like – I mean, obviously 23% is not something you want, but I feel like it's not really that concerning uh, because this is probably the worst their three-point percentage has been in the last few weeks for yeah. like a one-game uh, like one game deal. I mean, they've been shooting the absolute lights out for the – I mean, the whole season. Yeah. Tara Benovich is actually Clay Thompson. Literally, she is Clay yeah. Thompson. She even wears number 11. Um, but I mean, look at how many bench players came in and played against Alma. Oh, I yeah. mean, I think everyone on the bench got in against Alma, even if it was only for like a couple minutes. I mean, everyone got playing time. Brooke Brower had six off the bench. Sierra Hines had six. Um, Sophia Sloniker had had four. So I mean, that's uh, Rachel Stewart had seven. Shout out. Shout out Rachel Stewart. We're still on the hype train. Don't you worry. <laughs> if you ever have any doubt in us being on the Rachel Stewart hype train, be I'm I just be disappointed in us if you ever have a doubt. Look, all I'm saying is I don't think you can ever question our loyalty to not only the women's team, but to Rachel Stewart. I mean We've been riding this hype train since last season. At least I have because I was a freshman last year and I didn't really, you know, I wasn't watching tried basketball in high school. Sorry, guys. I, you know, I had other things to watch like Ohio State. But since I've gotten here, I don't think there's been a single basketball game where I have not been hyping up Rachel Stewart at least once that I've been on the broadcast for. Right. And it's just slowly been building until like now it's just this huge, like now it's becoming almost like. Should we start a fan club? I think we should. It's becoming almost like a joke at this point, like a meme. Like we just, it's, it's so overdone. But, but it's, it's just like, so not a joke. Yeah. It's like serious, but also a joke at the same time. It's like a meta joke. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's becoming crazy. But yeah, Rachel Stewart, shout out to her. She played great last night too. Mm-hmm. Um, that Albion game was uh, a lot of fun to watch. But I'm noticing here at the, like looking at the minutes and stuff, there aren't really. I think this. I think this is a testament to the depth of this team. No one is playing more than twenty-one minutes. Yeah. At least in this game, but like, even in the game, in other games, I don't think I've seen a single time where a player has played thirty minutes, and that's a, that's different from the men's team. Obviously, the men's team also has some depth to them, but this women's team has a crazy deep bench. I mean, it's insane. Like, um, well, you know, I've said it before, like. We started out the season at three, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're based on three, if you're, I would say if the team is three, the bench is number four in the country. Yeah. I Just mean, because if you're basing that off the stars, then the bench is right behind them. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, honestly, this bench team, like the bench could be their own team. And I would be willing to put money on the, them being ranked in the top, probably the top 10, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's not me me being facetious or anything because these girls are really, like, 
that good. They're all and, good. Let's just yeah. get it out of the way. They're all good. And I know we've said this before, and I'm sure we'll say it again and again, but when the starters come out and the bench players come in, there is not a, there is not a drop in play. Um, or even when, like, they have, like, maybe three starters in, two girls come in off the bench, there's no drop. There's no, like, slack. Um, I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's how you win conference championships when yeah. – you're always playing at your best no matter who's in on the court. I mean, Coach Wright, don't get me wrong, is a great head coach, but I'm pretty sure he has the easiest job in the MIAA as a head coach uh, this season because, my goodness, is this team good. And, you know, love that coaching staff. I love sitting next to Rob Hoffman for the broadcast oh, because man. I can just hear him in my right ear the whole time <laughs> screaming, giving me insights. But, I mean, Wow. I'm looking at uh, trying to look forward to next year here, too. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's not going to be – I don't mean this in like a – in like a – like trying to poorly reflect on the team or anything like that, but it's going to be tough next year because all these girls that are amazing that we all – I mean, we all enjoy watching. I love watching Kayla Wildman and Tara, KT especially. I love watching Kelsey Taylor play. Um, it's going to be – it'll certainly be a different team next year obviously, but it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how these girls pick up the slack. I mean, obviously we're going to be competing for a conference title next year. I think that's maybe a foregone conclusion, but it'll be so many people on the bench that have been getting, that have been playing solid minutes are just going to be starting next Mm -hmm. year. Sam Underhill, Lisa Argyle. I mean, she's been in and out. I mean, but ever since like Kaylee has been injured, she's been in Uh, last night. She played great. She, She did really good yesterday. Just so many of these. I don't really want to say veterans because, I mean, but it's kind of true. Yeah. We've got all these seniors. We're going to have a few seniors next year. Slonikers, Lissa, Underhill, just. And this freshman class, man, we I can't it's talk enough stacked. about This freshman class is crazy stacked. Like, Oh, and let's not forget about the sophomore, Chelsea Kieske. Oh, yes, I Chelsea. I think she's the lone sophomore on the team. Shout out Chelsea. She's in uh, – Drew and I have a media and society class, and she's in there. And we get to talk basketball with her during class because we have Andy as our professor for that class. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. Chelsea and I sat next to each other. We took a test uh, in principles of sociology earlier today. Um, I don't know what you got on that test, Chelsea, but I'm pretty sure I failed. So <laughs> let me know. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that hard. But, um, I mean, what's, what's uh, wild – is that we have so much depth right now, but we're it feels like half the team is injured, and yet we still yeah. have all this depth. Because we're missing Katie Sloniker. She's been out a few games. Mm-hmm. Kaylee Argyle has been out. Kaylee Argyle's been out for like a month yeah. almost. Yeeski's been out for yep. just about the same amount Chelsea's of time. Chelsea's been out. Koontz has not played like at all this Koontz season. Koontz has been injured. Yeah, for uh, the entire season almost. Artis has been injured Every now and then. Tara, she mm-hmm. missed a game mm-hmm. at one point. It's just, I mean, it's something you have to deal with, with just any sport. Yeah. You have to deal with injuries. But there not a lot of times you see three players that can play a ton just in uh, a track suit. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, injuries are going to happen. That's just how, like, that's just the nature of sports. I mean, it's just like something you got to deal with, but if you told me 
uh, like last night when I when we did the game, if you told me that Kaylee Argyle, who's a starter, if you told me their starting point guard was hurt, I don't even think I would have believed you because <laughs> yeah. Alyssa and Michaela Artis played. I mean, obviously Michaela Artis is a starter, but like mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier, there's no slack. Alyssa Argyle was a starter, and she looked like she was the starting point guard for the entire season. Like. Or you could you could slot Senior Wagner in at the at the starting one. That's why I was I asked Chelsea yesterday after classes because I was like, is Argyle gonna play today? Because she's been dressing the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. She's been warming right, up. Right. She seems fine, but I obviously I'm not a doctor. Mm-hmm. And she said that like she's taking it day by day. She's starting to get back to full practice and all that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess if you don't really like if you don't need her at the moment, you still have artists and Wagner are mm-hmm. doing great. And, you know, uh, Kaylee Argyle is a great player. And for Coach Rang right now, the team is in great form. Um, and there's no reason to rush back a player to try and rush her back right now, exactly. right at the end of the season when you're already almost guaranteed. I mean, you, you are guaranteed to make the tournament because everyone's making the tournament. Well, all but one. Hmm. But we're not. We're making the tournament. Oh, no, no. I meant, I meant the conference tournament. But also yeah, yeah, the yeah. National all tournament, but one. Yeah. Because oh, there's nine. So everyone except for Olivet is making the tournament. Sorry, Olivet. I feel like that was uh, just a shot, an unnecessary shot. I'm sorry. But no reason to rush uh, Kaylee back. Um, I'm sure she would love to get back out there and play. Like, we know yeah. she loves to play. But I think she understands that Coach would rather have her in conference tournament time than have her right now when – I mean, the last few games of the season are kind of – Obviously, they're not locks. Like they're not one hundred percent going to be wins. But it's definitely it's a pretty large. Point it's it's spread. a it's a downhill sort of like we're just gonna we could coast in the tournament. I mean, if we coast too much, then we're looking at a loss, giving up the number one spot in the conference. But which I mean, they're not going to. I mean, this we this talked team, about that the scouting reports. <laughs> hey, mark my words right now. Starting a new streak. We're already at ten games, sixty-two games. I'll be I'll be here. When we break that 61-game win streak, like four-time national champions or whatever, Coach Rang goes down as the greatest college basketball coach to ever live. Um, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I hope hope I'm not jinxing the team because I feel horrible. You better knock on this table right here. Knock on wood. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but (laughs) knock on wood. But um, I want to look at this Kalamazoo game. I mean, honestly, like none of these games really catch my uh, catch my eye. That Albion game though was yeah. huge, and I'm not gonna lie. All right, I'm trying to be pretty honest. <laughs> I was scared at the end of last night's game. I don't know if you were, but mm-hmm. it was no, one of those I things where I was saying. like, I don't, I don't know. It's gonna come down to the wire. But they ended up pulling it out, fifty-seven forty-eight. Uh, they shut. Try and shut down Lolo Reed. I mean, by shut down, she had nine points, but still. But five of those were from the free throw line. So yeah. she only had two buckets, which is a lot better than the first time around. Um, and Dariana Little went 0 for 6. I know she's uh, one of the better players on that Albion team as well. But Denia Beaver stepped up for her, mm-hmm. having 10. But then Alyssa Argyle had 11. Kayla Wildman had 11. Uh, KT had 8. And KT, I mean, and Andy talked about this too. If, it almost seemed like some of the stuff that she was shooting was a little bit rushed. Mm-hmm. But if I that mean, doesn't happen, KT probably has 18 points. Yeah. 
And I mean, we could see it um, even like during the game, uh, visibly frustrated. Um, and I think part of that might just come from, you know, Albion obviously is a good team, but I know that everybody on Trine's team, including the coaches, truly believes that they're the better team, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. we're the best. If you want to be the best, you have to believe that you are the best. Mm-hmm. And obviously I think that they were a little bit frustrated with themselves because they know what they're capable of doing. Regardless of the fact that they won, um, they know that they're capable of winning. And I know, like, this team is not unsportsmanlike. Like, they're not going to try and run up the score. Right. But I think there was a little bit of frustration just because Albion just didn't go away. No. Like, even though it seemed like at times the game was out of reach, they kept, like, just scrapping and coming back. And each time they kept cutting in the lead, they finally got it down to single digits in the, uh, I believe it was in the fourth quarter when they cut it to single digits. Um, and so, I mean, that can be frustrating because – when you believe that you're the better team, you're like, we should be beating these guys by like 40 points, and the team just sticks around. That can get that can get frustrating, but still, shout out to them. Um, shout out to KT and the whole team. They still got the job done. Um, wasn't maybe an emphatic win, but a win is a win regardless, especially against Albion, who is a very, very solid basketball team. Yeah, the one thing about this game, I noticed at halftime when we got the stats, and I'm looking at it now, just glancing at it, it kind of looks about the same. Really, the only major difference in statistics, I mean, Albany got a, a ton of offensive rebounds, which is something that you know is going to get fixed. Yeah, coach, really coach just, will be on that. Yeah, but it's just, Albany's shooting percentage really killed them in this. Mm, I mean. Because if you want to know how close this game was, we only went four deep in our bench. Mm. We're used to seeing, like, a whole paragraph <laughs> length. Yeah, if you if you saw what our computer screens look like for the Alma game versus this game, the reserves for the Alma game is like literally like just listing the entire roster. Yeah. And then this one is short and sweet. Um but I mean, yeah, it was I was I was expecting to see maybe some more bench rotation. And what surprised me that Andy pointed out during the broadcast was we didn't see any like big platoon swapping no. by Coach Ring, which is something that Usually, like we're used to seeing it from the Thunder team, yeah, is he'll bring out the whole hockey shift all the time. Mm, yeah, like he'll bring in, he'll pull out every starter at the same time and put in the entire bench, and then rotate players in and out from there. We did not see that once last night. We it was even, always, I think, it was like two player substitutions, three player substitutions, and that was about it. It's like we didn't even have enough for another platoon in the mm. game because usually you'd probably see what Brooke Brower mm. in there, but she didn't play. Uh, I kind of expect to see Sierra Hines a little bit at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. She didn't play. But yeah, but, weird game. It was just weird. I think it's just the playing on a Monday. Yeah, it was. It was weird having a game on a Monday night. Um, I mean, I, I certainly felt weird for me. So I can't even really imagine what it feels like for the players after like you're coming off the weekend, which played is usually usually yeah you played on Saturday and then usually you're used to getting some rest and then you play again on Wednesday. Suddenly now you have to play on Monday and then believe they play on Wednesday. Do they play? They play at Kalamazoo on Wednesday. At Kalamazoo, yeah. And then mm-hmm. hosting Calvin on Saturday. And so, then at St. Mar- no, hosting St. Mary's that Wednesday. And then mm-hmm. at Adrian the next Saturday to finish off the season. So, I mean, yeah, it was, just, it was just weird. What was awesome, though, was that first half atmosphere. The crowd in the first half was going absolutely ballistic for the entire 20 minutes. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Um, the crowd sort of died down a little bit in the second half, but... I just... Uh, it's a little frustrating. Trying students, athletes, stay at the games, man. Come on now. Like, we're trying to, we're trying to win a conference championship here, and I know, like, some of y'all are busy or whatever. You got homework or whatever, you know, being good students. Put air quotes up. But, I mean, I think even, like, with the crowd... Like some of the like some of the students leaving and stuff at halftime, it was still pretty loud in there. I mean, it was still yeah. a hostile environment. It's always going to be a hostile environment for any team coming in here. Um, but I think that first half crowd really gave us a boost. Uh, I I won't go so far as to say that we would have lost if we didn't have that crowd in the first half. But I think the game certainly would have been a lot closer. Right, because we were up twenty four thirteen at half, and <laughs> we tied in the third quarter, and mm-hmm. then. Albion beat us by two in the fourth quarter. Albion looked, especially in the first quarter, and I mean in the second quarter, really the entire first half, they just looked completely out of sorts. I mean, Albion is a good team. They're number three in the conference, and they're number three for a reason. Like, they are a solid team, but they just looked like, I mean, they looked so just unorganized, not really sure what was going on, um, which was really surprising to see, honestly. I was expecting them to come out firing on all cylinders. Yeah. I mean, that's what you have to do when you play a team like Trine. And you, you're going into MTI. Mm-hmm. And it was just like that slow start, I think that really killed them. But basketball is a game of runs. We saw them go on some really big runs during the game, and our women's team was able to take care of business. Shout out Alyssa Argyle for uh, her 11-point game. We mm-hmm. interviewed her after the game. Um, she was excited. I know she wishes she could be playing with her sister right now, but yeah. come tournament time, they'll both be playing, so... That's something to look forward to. Man, just so much to look forward to for the rest of the season. Games might not be that entertaining. I mean, they'll be entertaining for me because yeah. I just love seeing. I like to watch this one. I, I just love watching them play. But conference tournament time is coming up here in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. We're about, It's probably two weeks to the day that conference tournament is going to be starting up. Of super exciting time. Uh, is there anything else for basketball? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's an exciting time right now. Uh, I expect us to finish with the same season record or uh, conference record as Hope because I don't really see Hope losing. I mean, obviously anything can happen, but yeah. I don't see them losing for the rest of their schedule. Um, so right now both teams are 11-1. and one. Uh, Hope I believe does hold the tiebreaker on us because uh, they have the better overall record. They have more points for. I don't really know how the tiebreaker is calculated, I, but I'm pretty sure that they have the tiebreaker on us. I don't know if the tiebreaker tie comes into play with this because same thing happened when it came down to football. Like right at the end of the mm-hmm. season, we were wondering if there was going to be a tiebreaker and things like no, it's just whoever's mm-hmm. going to win is going to win it. And we're like okay, but I think that if both teams went out since trying one. The last matchup, yeah, they're going, they're going to host. I mean, regardless, uh, regardless of who's number one in the conference, that's really not even going to be a factor until it comes time for the conference championship. Uh, because even if Trine's number two, they'll host first, second, uh, their first and second round games, mm-hmm. and then the only game that they would be on the road for is if they had to play Hope uh, for the conference championship, um, and then in which case they would travel to Hope. But you know. There's always a chance that Hope drops another game. Uh, I mean, I can't, I really can't even imagine that happening. Um, But, 
you know, anything can happen. It's college basketball. Um, but I would expect it to be trying and hope one and two. And then Calvin actually jumped hope or Calvin actually jumped Albion in the standings Really? after last night's game. Calvin is now third in the conference at nine and three. Albion's nine and four. So their win percentage went down. So they dropped a place. Mm. Um, so that Calvin game on Saturday is going to be a big one too. Yeah. Uh, but more, the last time that the women's team played Calvin, it was what a thirty-point win. Yeah, it was not close. Which is absolutely wild to think about. That this is the team who is one. We're second place in the conference. They're third place, and we beat them by thirty points. That's insane. Yeah. That's just like. It's just like the gap, the skill gap between the top two teams of the conference and everyone else is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to talk to uh, Bryce Williams tonight. Man, this interview, I'm excited to, to interview him. It's going to be a good one. We're going to throw over to that right now. So enjoy this special interview with who I like to call Big Shot Bryce <laughs> Williams. All right, I know I just said it, but uh, about to have a special interview with a guy that I like to call Big Shot Bryce. Bryce Williams, what's up, dude? How you guys doing, man? I'm glad I can be here and uh, glad you have me on. And I appreciate what guys do for our program and uh commentating the games that's always big um i talk it all right is this loud uh, enough yeah, or pull a little, bit pull a little closer there okay but yeah excited to be on here man thanks for being here dude you have been killing it you went on one of the most impressive streaks i've ever seen in a game against all of that <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. was insane that was a fun time i mean i remember they ran a zone some kind of two three i remember watching the game over and you're just like you just like they gotta get somebody out on him and i was thinking the same thing too but uh, as I was hitting him, I, like I said, it was it was like a blur. And, um, I mean, I appreciate my teammates throwing me the ball. I mean, I remember what was going on. Everybody was telling me, everybody was saying to give me the ball because I had one of those streaks. And I really appreciate that from the teammates and coaches. So it was a special moment. So you against all of that this year. You Because the first game, you and Nick had about 20 apiece. Yeah. Then you went off for 24. Just Is it – I was going to ask their defense. I mean, it was a zone. Do you – like realize that and be like, man, yeah, I, this is gonna be my time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think they're. I mean, it's not a bad defense. It's just you know, as a shooter, you know, you you just your eyes perk up a little more and yeah. they start running. I knew their zone. I knew they were in zone. They've ran it for like three, four years straight. So you know, when they're in the zone, you just ready to shoot and just having that mindset. I mean, it's a lot easier when they're in the zone. I was thinking for a little bit. I was like, man, they've got to get out of that zone <laughs> at some point. But they stuck with it. I'm honestly yeah. good for them. And they also had like two, three of their main guys out. I mean, they fought. I mean, they got a they got a great coach and Coach Hargraves over there at Olivet. I have a lot of respect for him and uh, one of their players, Eddie Thigpen. But, I mean, I think they had, like, some COVID. That was when COVID was going around, and I yeah. think they had some guys out. But they, they fought, and uh, they tried their best. But, but we, we had we had a good shooting day that day. <laughs> that crowd was insane when you guys hit 100. That was – yeah. And shout out my man Smitty. He's always in the crowd. He's my Sean, <laughs> Sean Smith. That's my roommate. He's always he's always on ten on on the sidelines there. I think we talk about him every broadcast. I'm pretty sure because he's always hype. Yeah, he he he's always in my ear. <laughs> shoot it, shoot it. He can't guard you. He can't guard you. But I mean, he's hilarious. He's he's a trip to be around at the house and anywhere we go. <laughs> Dudes always bring the energy. So mm-hmm. um. Earlier in the season uh, and coming, uh, actually, really this whole season, there's been, like, a lot of, like, shuffling in that starting lineup Mm -hmm. and your starting five. Um, Obviously, I think Coach Miller's just trying to get a feel for you guys, who he wants on the court. But 
Uh, I think you can give us a little bit better insight as to why that is, as to why there's been so much shuffling around. Um, uh, I really don't have too much to say about it, but I mean, it's a couple guys, you know, they start playing, but I mean, if you, it really happens in practice, doesn't really, you guys yeah. don't really see much yeah. right. in the games, but a lot of it happens at practice. You know, if one guy's playing really well, you got to give him the lineup. Like yeah. the guy, yeah. the guy's constantly like kicking butt in practice. I mean, Coach Miller, after a while, is like, all right, we have to put him in the lineup. And that's how a lot of shuffling goes on, you know. And it's tough. It's tough, you know, it's tough getting your sitting on the bench for a while. But, I mean, but if, but if you see somebody that's playing better, you get you got to shuffle it through mm-hmm. in and out. But For sure, for sure. Because, you know, uh, I know Drew and I talk about this a lot. We feel like when the bench guys come in, there's, like, no drop in uh, mm-hmm. play. Like, the level of play stays the same no matter who's on the court. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just like one thing we noticed. Obviously, uh, we enjoy seeing you in the starting lineup. You know, there were a few games where you came off the bench, uh-huh. but obviously you're still getting minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just curious as to why that was. Uh, obviously, I'm not questioning Coach yeah. Miller. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, Connor, shout out to Connor Jones and uh, Brent Cox. Brent Cox came in huge last game. I don't know if you guys watched, mm, but he's yeah. some some of the biggest buckets, and he's been struggling. He's been in and out of the lineup. Same with Connor Jones. And as soon as Connor got in the lineup, I mean, he he doesn't want to give that up, and he's been playing really well, sticking to what he's good at. That's what I mean. His, what he's good at is just kind of mucking things up, you know, being aggressive and making plays. And he's he's been doing really good. I love seeing Connor. Back yeah, I mean, he's there, I mean, you know? he's a hundred ten percent every time. I mean, you got to have somebody like that. I mean, just energy, energy. So one thing that I mean, I always talk about it's with both teams, honestly, but you guys are very good in it as well. Your guys' defense is some of the most incredible stuff I've ever seen. And you are someone that I've completely forgotten until I started watching you guys again this season. You can guard pretty much one through five, man. You are tough down in the post. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably the, one of the least athletic guys on the floor. I don't know if you guys can tell that about that. But, um, but we have – a lot of athletes that we have, like I, I was talking to Andy Brown after the game, we have our big guys, Mitch, Brent, E, even though they're big guys, 6'6", six, six, they can guard the perimeter. We got a mm-hmm. lot of guys that can guard anybody. All of our guards can guard the big man, and we really, that's how, uh, that really helps on the defensive end because we're able to switch a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of ball screens, a lot of backs cuts. Somebody gets beat, we can switch, we can rotate. We can have, I mean, one of our best I mean, I don't know if one of our best, but Big E is a really good um, perimeter defender. The oh way how long for how big yeah. he is, I mean, yeah, his length. Even if he gets arms. beat by, even even if he gets beat off the dribble, they still gotta watch out for him coming from behind. So, I mean, having those bigs that can switch out is makes everything much easier. And I just gotta focus on being at the right place at the right time because you won't see me making any of the plays Big E's making. <laughs> one thing I noticed with E is that. You know, a lot of times people coaches say, you know, stare at, look at the guy's chest who you're guarding because yeah. that's their chest doesn't yeah, move, yeah, yeah. their yeah. eyes move everywhere. Mm. He's like the one person that is constantly looking at someone's oh, yeah. chest all the time. He oh, does yeah. not move his eyes one bit. Yeah, he's he's something else. I mean, he's he's just a pure athlete. And um, I remember the first open gyms we had with him. He was kind of raw, but I mean, I mean the couple plays he he made, I was just like, wow. I mean, he he's tough. And, you know, we saw that uh, last year. I remember uh, during the uh, conference championship game last year, uh, Manny had maybe one of the biggest plays of the whole game with that. Uh, he had a block, I think, took it coast-to-coast coast oh, for a yeah. dunk at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I love I love watching Manny play. I think he's one of 
and he's he, a scary defender yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got so much potential too. I mean, he he's one of those guys. He he started basketball later. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's a and his ceiling's like the highest highest there is in D three basketball. I mean, he's gonna keep getting better and better, and I can't wait to watch it, especially when I, when I graduate and I and and even that, towards the end of this year. I say because last year I was saying, man, if you get him in the weight room over the summer, yeah. really get him grinding, he's gonna mm. be really good. And you could tell like, and he, he he's yeah, gained it. He's gotten a lot bigger. And uh, shout out to our coaches and our, our like uh, Coach Layman and Coach Cretans for pushing him in the weight room because he's gotten a lot stronger. And uh, yeah, his, his ceiling is really high for sure. So um, in the in the coming week, you guys have I think the two biggest games of the season back to back. You have hope. Uh, coming up on Wednesday, and then Calvin on Saturday. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, I mean, the Calvin game, first time around, was a phenomenal game. That was mm. a really fun one to watch. And uh, you guys have shown all season that you guys can hang with anybody in the country yeah. as a team. But uh, these next two weeks, uh, what do you think are, like, the keys for your team to beat these two top dogs and possibly nab uh, maybe a second place or even first place in the conference? I mean, just there isn't anything crazy that there's no no scheme or anything that's crazy that we're going to mm-hmm, change up. Sure. But I mean, we just we just got to come ready to play. I mean, really, it starts at practice. We say we. I mean, you win the games on Monday, Tuesday, play Wednesday. You win the games on Monday, Tuesday. I mean, in practice, that's where a lot of it, a lot of it comes into play. Same with Thursday, Friday. I mean, those two days in practice are very important to be ready for the game because if you're not prepared, I mean. Calvin and Hope, anybody in this conference can beat anybody. I mean, it showed, mm-hmm. it, it showed in this conference. I mean, you have your teams at the top, but, I mean, anybody can compete with anybody tonight if you're not ready to play, if you weren't ready to practice on Monday, Tuesday. For sure. So um, kind of going a different direction here. Um, one thing that stuck out to me, so um, obviously the women's team beat Hope. That was mm-hmm. a huge game. Yeah, but what, uh, what stood out to me was the support that they got from you guys I know after the game, a lot of the guys stayed in the arena to watch the game on the big screen. Um, how does, like, the support that you guys both give and receive from that team, like, how does that, like, affect you guys? Like, what's the relationship like between those uh, two we're teams? We're really close with the girls' team. I mean, we're always hanging. I mean, on the weekends, we hang out with each other, and I'm, I'm really close with a lot of them. Um, and we just have so much support with each other. I mean, my sister, I mean, my sister played – when I was a freshman, she was a senior, so she played here for four years. Mm-hmm. She's an alumni of the girls' team. So, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Coach Rang and Coach Hoffman and Coach Taylor. I mean, uh, the support's off the charts. I mean, I remember after that, after who we, who we played before? Hope. After that game, whoever it was, we were in the uh, – we That was Adrian. Adrian, mm-hmm. yeah. It, all of a sudden, somebody goes, oh, the girls are winning. And then we all sprinted into the film room. And we put it up there on the film room. I don't know if you guys have seen our film room, but it's a pretty nice setup. Yeah. It's kind of like a movie theater. We're all watching <laughs> so. that, and we're cheering them on. I mean, I didn't even realize that on the big screen until after, but, but man, that was a crazy game. And uh, to finally get that done is something special for the girls' team because, I mean, Hope, Hope's been beating down on everybody, and especially them the past couple of years. And for them to do it like that at their place is something special. And they're going to have to play them one more time, and I honestly can't wait to – See that I don't know if we'll be able to watch it or anything. Hopefully not, because hopefully we'll be playing mm-hmm. right. every time. It all depends, but can't wait to watch them play them again. For Man, because sure. I interviewed uh, Coach Miller and Nick after that game, and yeah. as 
coach was handing the mic to Nick. Yeah. You could hear him. He was saying, girls are up by four. And I had to cut the interview short of Nick because I was like, all right, I'm going to let you go, man. We're all going to watch this game right now. And he sat on that scores table. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, we tuned in right away, and the girls were up like four or five. And this shows how close we were. Uh, KT, Kelsey, who's a good friend of mine, dribbles it up the court, dribbles out of bounds. I remember after the game giving her so much crap about it. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, really, KT, the first play I see, you guys are up four, and you just dribble it out of bounds. But, <laughs> but shout out her. She played a great game, and she's a really good player for our yeah. team. I mean, that's just like the relationship between the two teams is something special. I mean, you don't really see that here or really anywhere in the mm -hmm. country. I mean, I know on campus it's uh, not super common to see, like, like you know, the baseball and the softball team may mm -hmm. not be, like, that close. Uh, but to see, like, the support that you guys give each other is really special. And uh, last night at the game, you know, you guys were all oh, front yeah. row, right Ooh, courtside man. for that That's game. So <laughs> so that was really awesome to see. So Man, because oh. usually I'm, like, a, I've been playing for so long. And when I'm able to get that, like, student, student uh, mm -hmm. like, experience to just cheer on somebody else, I mean, you can't take it for granted. I mean, I mean, I'm so, I mean, I'm so used to being on, like, the, like the plan. And yeah. then to be on the other side cheering them on like that, I mean, I – and that was that was special too as well. Yeah, because I realized because of that uh, delay, that was like the first time you guys haven't played on the same night in a yeah. long time. Yeah, we don't get to watch them much like in person, but but whenever whenever we're able to, I mean, it's it's always fun to get out, cheer for them, you know, hoot and holler, and then I really appreciate everybody that comes to our games, and I appreciate like the student body that comes out. I really, actually really appreciate it. And from what we've the projections that we've been hearing, Saturday is gonna be huge. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. gonna apparently there's gonna be a lot of uh -huh. people in the stands that game. I think that's both ours. I know it's our senior night. I don't know if it's theirs. I think it is. I think they are doing both. And it's that back night. to back against Calvin. I mean, we we lost to them by one, and I don't know how good the girls Calvin team is, but uh, they beat them by thirty. But they beat them by thirty okay. last okay. year. <laughs> hopefully, they can beat them by forty. I don't know, but. Uh, but yeah, can't wait for the student the students to come out and cheer us on and uh really appreciate the support, like I said. Yeah, I mean, so going off of that, I mean obviously the MTI Center is like the most beautiful mm -hmm. D3 arena I've ever seen. Yeah. Um I mean, obviously I don't get to play in there because yeah. you know I'm not a basketball <laughs> player, but like I can't even imagine that feeling. I mean, it's almost like a miniature NBA mm -hmm. arena. Like it's crazy in there. And even though the stands aren't always full it gets loud in there. Like, I can hear it through the headset. Yeah. It can be hard to hear even Drew in my headset mm -hmm. when I'm doing the broadcast and stuff. But, I mean, man, the support here is crazy for you guys, and it's it's really awesome. Yeah, you can't really find too many places in D3 that are better than us, Hope, Calvin. I mean, those three teams in our conference that have such great arenas, and I think ours can get the loudest for how the way yeah. it's shaped and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, Hope, Hope fills theirs pretty pretty well. Same thing with Calvin, but we, we have a great support. And, uh it's a really nice facility to be in there every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen the downstairs. I've seen y'all weight room, the locker room. I'm like, man, I'm jealous, like bro. Once, <laughs> once a year we go we go to the bowling alleys. That's that's fun and stuff like that. I've always wanted to get in that eSports room, but I haven't gotten to there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. For those of you who don't know, the MTI Center has uh, an eSports room. It has a bowling alley. It has, what, two weight rooms in there, I think, two or three? Uh, well, there's like a there's a, there's a weight room, and then there's like a – has a bunch of treadmills. Oh, yeah, like, like a cardio. Yeah, cardio mm -hmm. place, stuff like that. And what else is down there? Oh, the golf course uh, clubhouse mm -hmm. is in the yeah. bottom of the MTI yeah. Center. And then, obviously, those uh, the locker rooms you guys got. Pretty much everything nice. but a pool. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like, basically. It's yeah, like a hotel. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> basically. I mean, wow. That, 
thing is crazy. That was part of the reason I came here, honestly. They, I didn't even come. I played, came here for football, yeah. and they showed me the MTI Center. I was like, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he gets a lot of recruits and stuff like that. That's why they built it. Yeah, uh, that exactly. was just knowing that like, I love basketball so much yeah. and just seeing that they definitely give us the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you're going to play in front of a lot of people, and mm-hmm. it could set a record if we get to – MIAA tournament finals time. Yeah. And hopefully, if, if you guys, if both you and the girls make yeah. it to the finals and it's going to be at MTI, which that would have mm. a couple things that have to work out. Yeah. You guys favor that to happen, mm. but that would be electric. Yeah. I mean, I remember last year, it was it was always tough not having the students in there, anybody in there until like their last game. There was like mm. some, I guess, what was it, like 215 get in or something like that? Yeah, it was but something like that. Yeah. I, that that was special, especially have, going through a drought with having nobody there, and then finally having that student body there for a championship. That was special. And then, oh, yeah, I was. I don't know if you were at that game, Drew, but oh, yeah, I was on the call. I was, I was, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> I was up in the stands for that one. Um, I mean, yeah, like even though it was only like two hundred people, I mean, it was yeah, loud. There. It was loud. That was really loud. For yeah, how many people were in there? I remember the first half, it wasn't too loud, and I texted some of my friends that were there, and I was like, yeah. dude, you better hype the crowd yeah. up right now. Because we were down like 10, and then we got it. Then once it got it close, every made shot, every stop was just a roar in the crowd. Yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to talk out there. It's hard. It kind of gets in their heads. <laughs> I was say, it goes from absolutely silent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when we had nobody there, it's weird because, I mean, you can hear everything on the court. And then, like, when, once you guys start getting loud, it's tough. It's, it gets really loud. It's, and then the other team gets, gets flustered quite a bit because they're not able to talk to each other as easy as before. Mm. I, mean, I mean, that's such, like, a home court advantage because, like, other than Hope and Calvin – most of these schools in the conference don't have huge basketball arenas, and they're not mm-hmm. used to playing in front of crowds like this, even in their home games. And then they come on the road here against mm-hmm. one of the most talented teams in the conference, and then they got to deal with the crowd. I mean, yeah. I can't even imagine what it feel like to be uh, a player playing at the MTI Center. So I guess you're lucky enough to be yeah. playing here at home. Yeah, yeah we're pretty fortunate <laughs> with that facility. It's definitely tough enough for us on the call if it gets loud enough that, like you said, we can't mm-hmm. hear each other. Mm-hmm. Being a player, uh, yeah, I totally cannot imagine yeah. that. It's fun, though. Time, yeah, man. Like we were saying, hope big game this year. They're number one in the conference right now. Evan yeah. Thomas, I mean, we talked about it before. He's a four time yeah. player of the week. Yeah, he's playing really well. He, he's been really good this year. And just, uh, is there anything that I don't want you to expose any game plan or anything, but what are you guys trying to do? Because I mean, you guys, last time you played, there was shooting problems at that yeah. point, which has gotten way better yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, defensively, we no matter who we play, we kind of play. We don't really do anything special, depending on a team. Mm-hmm. We have, we stick to our same principles, and our principles are pretty simple. And uh, we like we just know their uh, what's the word um, personnel. After the second time through, we, we're starting to figure out exactly what they want to do. They get they have Evan Thomas, main ball handler, who's a great rebounder, great player, just a fantastic player. Well, he's really good. He's good. At, he's he's got a really good all around game. He can hit the three. He can drive. And he also he's about six. He's about like six three. Six four. Six four. Yeah, he's about six four, and he can get in the post and make some moves. And I think I think I looked at it earlier. He has about like eight rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. So he got him as a main ball handler along with uh, Dyke House, and they kind of go those guys, and then they fill it with four different shooters. I mean, it's always tough to guard. I mean, how the games evolved, everybody's wanting to shoot in the three, and that's really hard to guard. When you got when you got five guys and shoot the ball because you have to stay out 
which opens up driving lanes, and that's what that's what's making them very uh, successful this year. And they're also playing really hard, and uh, and hopefully we can match that energy and uh, um, shut them down a little bit and score some basketball. Really, last time we did struggle to score. I don't remember the score. Do you remember? It was probably in like the 50s, 60s, um, 50s. The last game was 61-48. Yeah. It was, a, it, was a, it was a close game throughout, and then the free throws kind of hit the end. They got hot towards the end, but, but yeah, it's always tough to play play Hope. I mean, Hope and Calvin are two of the best teams in the conference for the last, past, like, 10 years. I know when my dad coached here, it was always Hope and Calvin, Hope and Calvin, until, like, the last couple of years we've been we've been pretty good. But, uh, but we'll be ready, that's for, that's for sure. So what is it like being a part of this program where, I mean, you said we're – haven't really been in the mix too much, but now both teams they're in the mix every year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's something special. I mean, um, you talking about the girls' team? Both of you guys. Yeah. Um, just, uh, I mean, uh, sorry. What was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys like you're saying that you haven't really been in the mix the past couple of years. Now yeah. you guys. I mean, you went undefeated last yeah. year and all that. You guys are a powerhouse in, in, in the MIAA, which, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's trying, we should be. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we I feel like we've kind of always been in the mix, but it's always never – I mean, I remember uh, my dad played – They my dad coached, sorry. They were always top four team, top four team, but they just couldn't get past Hope and Calvin. It was mm-hmm. always you got to get past Hope and Calvin. And you know you beat somebody, you beat Hope, and they got now it's Calvin at the top, and it's. Uh, I mean, hopefully we can turn that around for the next couple of years and uh, just keep going with this culture as under Coach Miller, and, and uh, honestly can't can't wait for tomorrow. Man, just one thing, this freshman class that you guys have has been really impressive to me because going into the season, everyone's saying, well, Hayden Jones, he's going to contribute. We don't know about anyone else. Ryan Preston has been doing really well, uh, along with Grant Paul. Yeah. What has their development been like throughout the season? Oh, it's been great. Ryan is a very athletic guard. I mean, he, is, he, he can throw it down. He kind of reminds me of, like, a younger version of Bowman. Okay. I mean, I don't know if that extent, but, like, I don't want to compare the two. Right. But, like, the way they play, super athletic, energy, high energy, flying around. Yeah, because I've seen can, Preston. Can shoot he, it a little bit. He, he likes to drive, yeah. He likes to drive. He's super athletic and uh, very quick. And attacks the ball very well. And uh, Grandpa, he's a uh, he's very skilled. He's very he's 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 kind of like me, like athletic athletically, like not very athletic. But he uses. I mean, he he knows how to dribble the ball, get to the paint, do make great decisions, pass. But he's a very good passer, especially for his young age, and uh, can shoot the ball really well. And we got uh, obviously Hayden. Everybody knew about Hayden. Yeah. He can he can do a lot. He's got tons of confidence out there. He can really defend. He's one of the best on-ball defenders in the in the conference, honestly. And honestly, next couple of years, if he sticks with it, he could be he can be defensive player of the year. I mean, sky's the limit for him. And then we also got, like, Aiden Smiley. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's about a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, kind of hybrid wing, and uh, he can really rebound. I mean, he he's he's on the scout team in practice, and he gives us trouble every day just because he just attacks the glass. He can shoot the three, and just his athleticism, and he's he's got a great work ethic. He's always in there in the gym, in the weight room. He's a he's a specimen, honestly. And then is that his other freshman? I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, next couple of years, I mean, the program's in great hands. And along with the sophomore class, the junior class, I mean, you got mm-hmm. Connor Jones, Big E. Big E's only a sophomore, which is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> That's scary. That is very scary. Like I said about his potential, I mean, his potential's through the roof, especially if he gets in the gym every day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly can't wait to come back next couple of years, see where they're at, because the sky's the limit, like I said. And one thing that I also touched on, which I never realized – that you were said before that Coach Miller's never been to the tournament. Yeah, before. yeah, because uh, we've we won the conference my freshman year, mm-hmm. like the regular season. Yeah, but we we lost championship in the MIAA championship, and then like last year it was so unfortunate with the yeah with the COVID that could have been our first year. We could have made a pretty good run at it, especially. I, and then that yeah. still made me so mad. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, but I mean. It is what it is, but um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was always hoping Calvin at the top, and then it was always trying, and then now, now hopefully, we're building this culture with our senior class and like the past couple seniors to to always be at the top, and uh, that's what our goal is. I mean, I remember, I remember at the start of the year before we started practices, he wrote up a big zero on the score on on the whiteboard, and we didn't know what it was. He's like, "That's how many times we've been in the NCAA tournament." And we knew from day one that's our goal, and that's still our goal, and uh, and we're gonna keep at it starting. I mean, starting tomorrow. Yes, sir. So uh, this senior class um, has been, I mean, phenomenal. Last year, uh, as juniors, you guys played absolutely amazing all season. But this year, uh, especially these last few weeks, what's really been jumping out at me, and Drew and I have talked about this a little bit. Uh, the backcourt trio, you, uh, Nick, and Aiden, you guys have been on fire these uh these last few weeks um and you guys all have like really different skill sets which Mm -hmm. is uh that's kind of caught my eye as well so how do you guys like play off of each other because obviously you guys have a lot of chemistry it's easy to see for me or anyone else that watches you guys i Um, think i'm sorry go ahead ahead, i think our games really complement each other i mean bowman he we kind of kind of joke around we call him superman every now and then because he kind (laughs) of plays like superman i mean he's a pure athlete Flying around, get to the basket, you can do it all. And then Aiden is that that steady point guard leadership kind of guy. I mean, he's always when things go wrong, he's always like, "All right, come on, guys." You know, he gets us together. He's one of the best leaders I've been around. I mean, he uh, like I said, uh, Bowman and Aiden have their thing where they or like they have like little hand signals. I really haven't gotten to the hand signals yet. <laughs> or not really hand signals, kind of like a little. Little head nod, yeah. little look at each other, and they'll know exactly where they're gonna go. And um, yeah, I think our our games complement each other really well, especially with those two guys driving the basket all the time. And, and if they get stopped, and they, they know where to find me on the three point line, because uh, and and I remember at Aiden, I'm like I'm practice today. I actually hit me on I mean on a bunch of like skip passes. I mean I'm I just told him like, hey man, I don't know how you find me on those all the time, <laughs> every single time. And I really appreciate what those guys do. Yeah, so obviously we all know Nick is a is a stud, mm-hmm. and we all know that you can shoot the lights out. Uh, but who's like one guy on the team that's maybe a little bit underrated that you would say if he wasn't there? This this is a saying that I feel like encapsulates this. My high school coach said this: Who's the one guy on the team that before you leave you make sure he's on the bus? What does that mean? that's what I asked my coach too and he was like well basically no um basically like who's the one guy maybe he's not putting up 20 points a game oh, maybe he's okay. not maybe he's not filling the stat sheet but who's the one guy that like 
without him, your this team may lose his identity. I think there's like I think two guys kind of stick out with uh I think one is Aiden because his his points numbers aren't that high, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. he he probably last year he didn't get any all conference you know recognition, which I mean is whatever. But, uh, I mean, he doesn't score too many points. But I think last game he had 11 rebounds. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that. He's mm-hmm. super effective. Uh, he's, his plus yeah, minus about, is always up there. about, like, 11 rebounds. I mean, he's our point guard. He, I don't know his averages, but he gets about five, six assists, I'd assume, a game. And th- those numbers, I mean, you don't – like, when you see the scoreboard, he might have, like, three, four points. But you don't see, like, what all the other stuff he does. And another thing – another one is uh, Mitch Geller, just because uh, he's always level-headed – you never see him. He, we call like stone face. If things go wrong, um, you gotta keep that stone face. And he's never overreacting. He's never. He's always that steady guy that we have. And he's a great passer. So physical in the post, and he just kind of keeps us level because he's never too emotional or anything like that. And he's always there for us. And he's he stepped up really big this year. And what really what game really stands out to me was the Calvin game. He had probably like 20 some points, mm-hmm. especially a game where uh, we were talking about earlier. We really struggled to score the first uh, 12 minutes. And then you look in the stat sheet after the game, he had about 23 points. Yeah. Which, which I mean, he, him and Aiden really stand, stand out to me in that, in that aspect. Yeah, I know. Uh, Drew and I have been on the Mitchell Geller hype train yeah, for this season. <laughs> I remember last year in like the MIAA tournament, I think it was the final. And it was when you guys were kind of down by 10, like you said, mm-hmm. and uh, there was like a foul, and like a couple of you guys were frustrated. And Mitch was the one guy said, like, "Hey, yeah. everyone, huddle up." Let's yeah. and he talked to you guys through and said, "Let's get this done." Yeah, I mean his. I mean, you see him; he's about six, 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 seven, six, eight. I don't really know. They keep they put me down at six five. I'm not six five. <laughs> but uh, don't say that. Dude. Come I'm, on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm don't about, tell him that. <laughs> yeah, about six three and a half. But. <laughs> Um, Mitch, he he's a really good on-ball defender. I don't understand how he can move his feet that quick and uh, defend the ball at his size. And, and he's a strong guy too. It's not like he's a long, like long skinny guy. He's strong. I mean, I've definitely in open gyms. I've had to guard him, and it's not fun. Oh. He puts you under the basket. It ain't fun. He puts it in your chest. And, I mean, taking a Mitch Geller elbow to the chest isn't isn't, isn't fun. So I I, I don't I can't imagine what the other teams. Have to uh, put up with. <laughs> yeah, he's super physical. And one thing that's always stuck out with me is that, and you mentioned his footwork on defense, but also on offense, he mm-hmm. just knows where to put it uh, every time. Mm-hmm. He's he's grown so much as a player. He's put in the time and effort. I remember when he first came, he he really struggled finishing around the basket. Like his touch was always always kind of like a hard touch. And now this year, I mean. He's got some nice little touch on the round. He'll put some spin on it, and he's he's grown a lot better. And he puts the time and effort with Coach Miller a lot when it comes to putting in work, post moves, finishing left, right hand. And uh, I mean, if you put in the work, you're gonna success is gonna come. And he's he's spent an image of it. Man, I'm looking at these looking at these stats. Um, I'm looking at the minutes right now. This is this is another thing that Drew and I talked about mm-hmm. is the uh, like the distribution of minutes during a game. Um, I mean, some of you guys, I mean, there have been a few games where you've played upwards of 20, 25 minutes. I know often Nick and, and Aiden are playing almost yeah. 35 minutes a game. I mean, how much conditioning do you guys do like during practice? Cause I, I gotta, I can't even imagine trying to play almost a whole game. I mean, that's wild to me. We actually don't do, uh, like conditioning as in like 
like a lot of teams, like before the year, they'll like do like go through like hell week where they just like condition all the mm-hmm. time, just run, yeah. run. The way our the way our philosophy, our Coach Miller's philosophy is is the way you're gonna get our conditioning is by playing. I mean, if you're gonna get conditioning, might as well play. So I mean, usually. Usually every day it's a pretty pretty intense practice. I mean, usually it's pretty keep, it keeps it pretty simple. Like start out with like shooting drills, and then we'll go into like five on zero, you know, motion cutting through, work on that, and then we'll go like half court offense versus defense. Usually like a make it taking kind of competition, and then we'll go into transition for a straight thirty minutes. <laughs> transition. We'll go up not not like a scrimmage style, but like a up and down, like a we'll go up and down. All right. This team switch it over. They get ball up and down, and and uh, that prepares us for the games. And uh, I mean, we compete every day of practice. That's one thing we do. We believe in. Our coach Miller believes in. And uh, and I still don't know how Nick and uh, Aiden do it because they they're playing like 30, 35, especially mm-hmm. Nick running around full court pressing everybody. That's why we call him Superman. He's like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I I'm I'm not very athletic. <laughs> yeah, Nick, he always I swear he only takes like thirty second breaks at a time. Yeah. He's always yeah. just right back in there. Yeah, I don't know I don't know how he does it. And like he'll like before I don't understand, like before practices he'll have like McDonald's or something, then he'll go out there and run back and forth. Like, it's pretty <laughs> insane. Yeah, right here we got the minutes per game. So right now per game, Nick has thirty three minutes a game, Aiden's at twenty eight. You are third on the team with twenty six and a half minutes okay. a game. So don't don't sell yourself short here. You're playing <laughs> you're playing a lot. But I mean, wow, that's just one thing that always catches our eye when we're broadcasting games is like even when it's getting like late in the fourth quarter, you guys are playing with the same intensity on defense mm-hmm. that you started the game with. And like I know I play intermediate basketball, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm getting tired by halfway through the second yeah. half. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean that the intensity that you guys bring on defense all the time is just I feel like that's sort of like this team's identity, yeah. honestly. Yeah, just yeah. Main thing, what we pride ourselves is on defense. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the games we had against Albion, that was one of the games that we were solidified as like one of the best defensive teams in the area or the D three because I think they're a very good team and they we held them to like thirty some points. I don't really remember. Do you remember? It was like probably like thirty for Albion. It doesn't really matter, but they they're a good team. But that's what we solidify ourselves. And then another thing, like the last like four or five years. I think the way we play defense, it really, uh, like, past, like, four or five years, um, we've had, I'm trying to think, like, four of the five last defensive play of the years come from our team. I know, like, Marcus had one, Mo, Ellis, and last year's Big E. Mm-hmm. That kind of shows how our, how we do our, de- we play our defense, the way we, we have our scheme of no middle, and uh, it really brings out, like, Brings out like great individual efforts on the defensive end, and uh, we really pride ourselves on that. I think Coach I Miller s- does for sure. I think I said it last year where it was like when E won it. I was like, you could have honestly picked mm. anyone on that team because yeah. Nick. Well, I mean, now he yeah. leads the league in, in uh, steals. Uh-huh. Aiden was second at one point. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you can guard anyone one through five. You're someone that I don't think a lot of people you'll look at until you watch the film and you'll be yeah. like, oh man, he can guard. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, it's just a team defense. I mean, we got great individual players, but I mean, without the team, I mean, it's a team. It's like it's a team awards. Those, those mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, Nick, Nick got play of the year. I got like second team last year. But those are those are team awards. We mm-hmm. don't get those without team success, and uh, it all comes down to everybody from like the scout team guys getting us better every day of practice, um, the coaches, uh, assistant coaches, and uh, even the JV guys. We're putting in the effort. It's all a team thing, and. And those individual awards don't come from uh, 
uh, the teamwork that we have. Well, I don't have anything else. Do you, Ben? I mean, I think I'm good. I'm sure we could just talk basketball for forever. But I mean, <laughs> how long did we record earlier? Almost in it was about like an hour. yeah, about an hour <laughs> earlier. I mean, pretty good episode here. But uh, I mean, Bryce, thank you for joining us on the show, yeah, man. Appreciate um, it. Man. I appreciate what you guys do. You know, hey, you guys yeah. following us, the support. You guys calling the games. You, you guys and Andy Brown. I mean. You guys have great presentations during the game. I know my parents, They sometimes they can't. My grandparents watch the games, and they really appreciate the commentaries and the presentations you guys put on for every game. I mean, snap, y'all make – you guys make our job easy. I mean, yeah. it's pretty easy to commentate a great basketball team. I mean, if we went to uh, maybe some of the other schools, it might be a little bit more difficult. <laughs> but here we have we have a pretty easy life, just yeah. kicking back and watching some great basketball. Man, we appreciate you. Everyone, be sure to tune in Wednesday night. You got Hope and then Saturday, doubleheader against Calvin. Everyone's going to be – it's yeah. all going to be a good game. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Can't yeah. wait to play. Can't wait to prepare. And, uh, Drew, I, I believe. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having on me again. Hey, man. Sir, Drew, I believe. You, is Wednesday – is that – that's us, right? We're on that broadcast oh, yeah. for the Wednesday game. Ben awesome. and I on the call awesome. on Wednesday. Sweet. And then Andy and I got both games Saturday. So, as Andy said, we're going to need some lozenges, need a lot of water. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, be sure to tune into those. So, it's just you two guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who does sure. like the color and who does the? We've been switching, but I think for Wednesday he'll be on play by play, and I'll oh, be on yeah. color. What do you like better, play by play or color? I've enjoyed play by play. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fun, man. It's uh. I couldn't imagine talking all the time. I mean, I think I could do it if I like filled in. Okay, this guy did this, did this, but I don't know if I can do it. All right, he passes the ball here, he swings it. Yeah. I don't know if I can do that stuff. It's definitely <laughs> like sure. uh, I did the uh, I started doing uh, women's games at the beginning of the season, and I actually transitioned over the men's games. I did a play by play, uh. I did that with you, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a play-by-play with uh, with him, and I did one with Michael. Um, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a lot because you guys play so fast. It's yeah. like I'm like, it's mm-hmm. like a tennis match. It's yeah. crazy. But and I'm sure Andy Brown makes it easy for you guys. The way he... Oh, Andy's he's, great. He's the template. Yeah, yeah Andy's great. <laughs> he's what I base it off of. Yeah. Basing off Andy and the real John K. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about him. Shout out to John K. He's my man. By the way, hire my guy John K. For real, <laughs> he hasn't got a job yet. Someone needs to hire him. Something. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Big thank you to Bryce for coming in. That was a really good interview. And also thank you to Ben for coming in and talking about basketball. Uh, that is going to be it for this week. Uh, be sure to follow everyone on Twitter at Storm Center Pod, at Trine Broadcast. I am at Everhard 0 Ben is at Ben Wangard. And Bryce is at Bryce D. Williams. Be sure to give everyone a follow. Good luck to all Thunder teams this week as we are coming into the home stretch for winter sports. This is Storm Center. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.